Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers usbp. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It is the Custard TV podcast. Hello, I'm Luke and I wasn't supposed to be back here till March, but they lured me in uh, by saying we could talk about the the final, the final, the final episode of Happy Valley. And You've not done this for a while, have no, you? No, I don't say final very often or final. There you go. We'll you talk don't about speak the... very often unless no, it's on the podcast. No, I mainly do smoke signals on WhatsApp. I am joined, as always, by the only person you're guaranteed to hear on a podcast. We will stop doing them if he's not here. Matt Donnelly in the North. It only occurred to me recently, during my last illness, I don't know that you've ever been ill. Over the, I know you've had headaches and stuff, and I don't want to jinx you by any means, but I don't think you've ever said to me on a podcast, oh, I've got a cold, or I've got the flu, or I've... I've got a little bit of a cold. It's one of those which has never sort of fully manifested, but you oh, feel yeah. a bit iffy at night. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get a bit of a sore throat just before you go to bed. Yeah, I know the one. Um, I know this is going back like eight, nine years now, but do you not remember when I had that really bad virus and it knocked me out for like two weeks? Oh, yeah. Perhaps that's all you had. Perhaps <laughs> as you're still recovering from that, perhaps you've got a weaker immune system than I give you credit for. No, no, I normally get a cold, like, in August, because I'm awkward like that. August, September yeah. time is when I get really ill. I have felt for ages, like, the day before you feel, the day before you're going to have a cold. That's how I've felt for ages. Like, something's brewing, it never mm. comes to anything. Dawn, you're yeah. better now? Well, you know, ish. <laughs> yeah. I don't currently have a specific illness other a than... A diagnosable my... illness, apart yeah. from what you've... Yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Okay, well, this should be fun. Which one of us is going to make it to the end is what we should work out. On the show today, we will is it be... The, just... last, the Last of Us podcast. The Last of Us, that's Luke. what we're doing. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Uh, on the show today, we will be discussing the final episode of Happy Valley, plus delving into what we've made of the, of the series as a whole. Uh, a new Walter Presents show, Top Dog. Um, also, we'll be doing North Sea Connection, which is a new Irish drama on BBC Four. And uh, Funny Woman, which has been lurking around, expected to come to Sky and then didn't last year, and is finally going to arrive on Sky Max. I don't know where it's going. Sky Max, I presume? Yeah, Max. First of all, though, let's do some plugs, as we like to no, do. No, Luke, on... Luke, you haven't been on the podcast for a while. Oh, there we go around the dial, don't we? Which is not... A... <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be called. I don't know what it's going to be called. Have you got a name for it, Luke? You've been editing these for a while. 
Because I've just got What Are You Watching, which isn't very good. That's great, isn't it? What yeah. are you watching? Because you're right. the, one of the, you're one of the only people so far who haven't answered this question. Yeah, it's exciting for people, isn't it? I am watching The Last of Us, which just had one of the best episodes of television your eyes are likely to happen upon. It was beautiful, it was lovely, it was different, it was unexpected, and I thought it was special, and you could read a more in-depth review of it from Tyler on the website now, thecustomtv.com. I'm also watching Happy Valley, waiting for Albert Elementary to come back and re-watching Breaking Bad at the moment. I'm eight episodes from the end, so not an awful lot. Not I'm still waiting for 2023 to start really i think the last of us is a special show it's a show i watch every monday morning with excitement but apart from that now that happy valley's ending i feel like i've got a lot of time on my hands in terms of what i'm watching matt what about you what are you watching i don't find i'm watching like loads of telly at the moment apart from like you know the old sort of quiz shows and stuff like that mm. i would say something that i've started re-watching primarily because i'm watching happy valley on the actual tv Call the Midwife I've got back into. And I know you think it's a bit sort of nuns on bikes because you've never really watched it, Luke. It's sort of very sort of smokescreeny in a way because it does have that sort of cosy Sunday Sunday tea time feeling, but it is actually quite hard to watch it sometimes. You know, it started in the 50s, now it's in the late 60s and sort of the development of the East End and how things are changing with the characters and how they're becoming uh, more under the... the eyes of the health department than they were before i just think it is a really strong powerful show I, can i just ask what what your what your issue is with it because dawn's nodding like she she likes it as well it's just not my sort of show i don't like things set in that era particularly because i think they can be very cliched and i don't like the narration side of it from vanessa redgrave and i don't yeah it's okay. all on the eye play you're wrong like, <laughs> one born every minute on bikes i would say i've seen episodes from every season but i've never i don't think i've ever watched the entire season it is i have to give luke some credit and say it is my mum's favorite show and she is 80 but (laughs) i think (laughs) do you think it is a very feminist show it's cozy but it's also shows you know things like abortion it shows the brutal truth of what happens when abortion is illegal and, and what happens when there's no nhs so I think it it shows the brutality of life in that sense, and it is important. For, and it's it's disguised with nuns and midwives and nice romances in the fifth. And Minty from EastEnders yes. fixing bikes. But yeah, like last week's episode, for example, had a character who had schizophrenia. And they found it really hard to get a, like a mental health assessment for him, and it's like, well, that's <laughs> that's true. And they had to sort of you know section him in the end. But that was a really interesting story because it's not something that anyone in the 1960s was talking about so no one really knew what to do and I just you know it is fascinating the stories that they tell and how hard things were back then and the parallels from now something else as well on the nostalgia front and and I could build this into a plug as well is the 1990s repeats of uh, Top of the Pops on BBC4 on Friday nights yeah Elaine very kindly came to me and she said it's a favourite thing that her and her husband watch could she write a piece? And I said, absolutely. So that's on the site now. It's gone yeah. down well as well. So it's a big opinion piece on how much fun it is to watch, looking back and reminiscing, enjoying the nostalgia element, guessing how old somebody is and then finding out they're exactly your age. 
Well, I'm very proud to have on the site, so you can find that in our opinion section right now. Dawn, what are you watching? I have completed watching that 90s show on Netflix. It's all right. It's not brilliant. It gets going. I, I watched the whole season, and I, I'm glad I did, because it's another one that improved as it went on kind of thing, but still not brilliant. And I absolutely devoured and loved Extraordinary on Disney+. Plus. thought it was fantastic. Can't wait. Delighted there's a sick series. Oh, also just going back to that 90s show, I didn't see the original, but I, I'm surprised that Netflix felt there was an audience for that. I read reviews where some of the original cast will come back and the audience will lose their mind, and that happens yes. a lot. How many well, of the original cast come back? The first episode, almost all the original cast come back, except for one actor who is in prison. Yes. you think <laughs> they could sort that out. Video phone, Zoom. <laughs> Because it's originally the parents and they're now the grandparents. Topher Grace, who plays Eric, and oh gosh, I can't remember her name, it plays Donna. Donna? Uh, Laura Prepon or something? Laura Prepon, yeah. yeah. They both appear maybe twice, three times in the series. It's mostly about the teenagers. They're trying to be a bit more diverse. They, you know, they have a lot of issues with the fact that in the, the that 70s show, Fez is, you mm. know, such a, a racial stereotype and yeah. you know would be it's more diverse cast and i think they did that well but i think with a lot of these things it takes a lot of time to get the ensemble working together and gelling and especially when it's teenager so i think it'll be a, a minor hit for netflix they've just renewed yeah. it which is one of the rare things these days so they actually yeah. give something a second zero well they've renewed it but been that prison. doesn't mean anything anymore no. does it you can, no, it doesn't you mean can make the show and it still might not that one that they've made and promoted and now not going to... The Betty Gilpin, Shailene Woodley, Gabrielle oh, Freedy. Yeah. I'm really upset about that because I was really looking Three forward women, to... Three women, was it? Three women. I was really looking forward to seeing what Gabrielle Creevy would do next and it apparently ends up... She's done something, we'll just never see it. <laughs> but it's that they've made it, promoted that it was going to be on and are now just deciding not to show it. So I think things yeah. being recommissioned doesn't mean anything anymore no. until it's actually until you see it. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I wish ITV would take that tack with Vera. Just tell Brenda Blethyn they're going to put it on at some point and then never air it. There you are, Brenda. Just put the hat on. <laughs> uh, we live via thecustardtv.com. You can read that opinion piece from Elaine. My review of the finale of Happy Valley is going to be up there. And all of our podcast news and all that can be found at thecustardtv.com. The, the podcast needs reviews it needs love so if you could please give us a five star review or just under i'll accept fours uh, you can do that on all the apps of choice you can find us on your amazon smart speaker you can find us on spotify stitcher all those apps and we're available everywhere if you'd like to get in touch like dawn and would like to join us on the podcast if you think you'd like to stick up for call the midwife and that 70s show or you just want to give your opinions on the best and the worst on the box. There are several ways to do it. You can do it on Twitter. Several ways there. At Matt's TV Bites to contact Matt. At Luke Custard TV for me. And at Custard TV Pod for the podcast team. And uh, you can email CustardTVReviews at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Same if you'd like to join the writing team on the site as well. You can find us on Facebook and Facebook Instagram. Facebook and Instagram. Well. Yes, we're modern. There you go. Dawn, have you recorded any more of your Shipyard UST podcast? Yes. I have. Go on. <laughs> when we went to see Peter K, Lucy, my shipyard co-host, came up, flew up from um, uh, her seat. Bogner, 
And oh, yeah, I was about to say, I couldn't think where she lived. <laughs> and uh, flew up. So we recorded one in our pyjamas on a Sunday afternoon. Hopefully I'll, I will finish uh, editing it this week and get it up. And it's basically talking about what all that's current in the world of shipping. All the current trends and big stories with especially American shows at the moment. SPU and Chicago Fire. There's a couple of big ships stuff going on and you know just sort of a sum up of, of things we just thought we'd take advantage of the fact nice. that we're in the same room that's very nice you can find that where you can find that at the shipyard ust on spotify and all platforms for podcasts on nice. youtube on twitter and instagram Okay, so on to the bulk of the podcast this week. Starting, of course, with the end of one of the best British dramas of all time. Happy Valley came to an end. Now, when did you watch, because we gave you the previews access, Dawn, when did you watch the final episode? I watched it on Friday night. Matt, when did you? The same, I think. I didn't <laughs> know that you knew each other that well, that you could just pop over the door. Like we and... watched it together, Luke. Yeah, yeah. watch party. I, I flew yeah. up to... <laughs> Weirdly, from Bogner again. I don't know why you had to start from there. Yeah. So I watched it as soon as it was available on Friday, so probably way before you two. And then I was fascinated by all these threads and other podcasts with all their theories, uh, which we can now debunk. Did you two have theories about the end? Because I, I really didn't particularly but there's people going oh well obviously susan lynch's character is in there for some reason obviously neil's dodgy obviously claire's going to die and catherine's going to save her or catherine will die but ryan will save i didn't have any of that i think it's one of those things where you expect something big to happen in the final episode of a show i think that's it given that certainly the was it the first series that ended with tommy in Catherine on the barge together and possible peril. I think the situations that they've been in together before and the inevitability of them meeting again would suggest. Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, you know, one of them does die. Spoiler! (laughs) I said one of them. My only theory was that something would happen to Claire. It feels like that co- that where she called her an empty shell in, a, in mm. episode five. It feels like one of those things that happens in TV where it's the last thing someone says to someone <laughs> before yeah. they die. Before on a, they die. Or yeah. maybe not die, but maybe they did decide to fly out to Spain with Nev, maybe. Dawn, you didn't have any theories. No, I tweeted this because I, it's very unusual for me. Speculating about a plot is my favourite thing to do when I love a show. It was like I didn't want to think anything. I no. wanted to just let her tell me the story without me theorising, oh, I wonder if, and you know, building up. And I think people always look for something more complicated than it is. You know, I saw all the things that people were tweeting about, mm. you know, that Neil is actually Tommy's father or... <laughs> I know, I know. One thing I think as well that plays into it is the fact that this is one of the only shows now we can do this with because it's on weekly. So it's it's giving people the opportunity to do this. If you remember last year, I was talking about The Tourist and how people would be doing that sort of thing because it was one of those sort of puzzle shows, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Where there was that massive mystery in the centre of it. Happy Valley doesn't have as much of that, but it does have all these spinning plates and things that Sally Waymar has set up and because this is something we used to do all the time and can now only do it with like a 
Happy Valley or a line of duty, you know, line of duty, everyone did it, didn't they? And I think yeah. any like show that still plays out weekly, I think people do do that. So I think that's one of the reasons but, for it really is because yeah. it's one of the only shows you can do it with now. Because I read all the theories and I was wondering, because of course we had the hindsight of seeing it, I was wondering whether people would be disappointed based on the amount of theories they've got. What it is, is it's a lot more calmer. I think, again, if you look at what's happened at the end of the other series, it has been a lot more explosive, dramatic, whereas here, I mean, there was one scene, which I'm sure we'll get into, which was quite horrific, but generally the scenes between the primary characters were very subdued, underplayed, true to emotional. those characters emotional. emotional it was character based rather than yes. being led by the plot and i think and that's what sally does best if you look back at the certainly the first series you know that was heightened drama violent you know the character was in jeopardy which we didn't get here really you know there's always that question will you kill off your lead character but i think you know people who know sally wayne might know that she probably wasn't going to do that I think it's gone in a completely different direction than a lot of people thought because you've built Tommy Lee Royce up as this big, threatening presence. And he said in the last episode, he wants to kill Catherine. So, you know, there yeah. there is something to the people that think she's going to die because he's asked... Um, well, actually, so most people were convinced other people were going to die. They weren't hmm. so bothered about her. Well, they, they thought I other suppose... people would die. It's Chekhov's gun at the end of the day, isn't it? He's asked for a gun to kill Catherine. That happens. So I think it's natural people are going to have those theories. In actual fact, it was Chekhov's petrol canister Canister. that they had in it. Which is his favourite method of doing things. (laughs) I mean, I I say it in my review, and I doubt people will respond to it because it was a while ago and people don't have incredible memories of TV shows like the three of us. But the beginning of series one, the very first scene... Is Catherine going into a news agent and saying, have you got a fire extinguisher? We've got a guy down the road threatening to set fire to himself. And that's how the episode concludes. It's such a special, clever way of doing it that I worry will be lost on the majority of viewers. But I just hope that they're not disappointed because Line of Duty was incredibly disappointing if we just go back to that even the final series lost me anyway thought i'd wasted well it might be coming back luke you know it might yes but that is a retcon that's a retcon and i won't allow it because if you didn't like the ending you shouldn't have written it so you don't get a chance to go oh no this was the ending i meant three years later with four episodes to tell the story you don't work in tv commissioning no one would make any money i wouldn't i wouldn't give it that (laughs) that extra bounce but i just hope people aren't disappointed because for me that for finale showcased everything i love about happy valley the calmness the character driven dialogue the vitriol the way that every line from catherine is carefully chosen and how the characters speak like real people and how the dynamics between them feel real and emotional and that captured everything perfectly i even think the bit between the pharmacist and the guy who was beating up his wife who ended up meeting her demise even that played into the idea of what the entire series of Happy Valley is when you find out that these two young girls are going to be raised by grandparents. They were brought up in this evil household where this guy was abusive. Does that rub off on them at all? So it's it's all... I will play devil's the... advocate with that for a bit, but I don't. Let's find, can we find out what Dawn thought first yeah. of all? Well, first of all, were you disappointed, Dawn? 
I wasn't, but I had the exact same thought you did, that I was worried other people would be, because I thought people would be expecting much more action, a action. big climactic. And I think people would be looking for twists that weren't there. But I liked it because it was realistic. Tommy is all evil, but he still has humanity in him. You know, people like Nev and Neil, you know, people were looking for this big conspiracy about Neil. He just made a mistake. He thought it was the right thing to do to take Brian, you know, to see his father. And, and they mentioned him. that he had an estranged relationship with his yeah. children as well, didn't they? Which yeah. sort of played into it as well. It wasn't a big, oh, he's his father, there's this big, you know. And I think, like you say, it's a bit of a, a hangover from Line of Duty, which mm. played up a mystery, you know, who is each and all this stuff. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If people are looking for a mystery in Happy Valley, there isn't one. Because as you say, Luke, it's not what it's about. It's about people mm. and their relationships. And mm. this episode does beautifully do that. The scenes with Catherine and Ryan are just immaculate. You know, uh, and so the... underplayed as well. So yeah. underplayed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing, as we say, it's amazing that um, Reese turned into such a good actor, you know, because he yeah. could have been terrible. Because he does underplay it, and he's so casual and laid back, and these really emotive scenes, which, you know, you could imagine a teenager playing it overwrought and dramatic, yeah. but he's not at all. I, he's I got that awkwardness it. about him, where yes. he doesn't like saying the things he says about, you know... Oh, Claire was always there. But he knows he's got to, and he knows he's got to get his point across. But there's still that awkward teenage of, I don't really know how to handle it or myself still. So I'm just going to say it and hope it makes sense to somebody, you know. Yeah, and there's that confusion that you have when you're a teenage boy anyway with all this other stuff that's going on and, you know, where he's come from. And I think that's sort of what this series has been about, really. Episode five, and we just go backwards a little bit, I felt... That was perhaps the only disappointment of the series. And but there, when I say that, there were no bad moments in Happy Valley. There were no bad episodes of Happy Valley. But I thought 4 was such a fast-paced, engaging thing. And there were still moments in 5, you know, they had that conversation between the sisters, you're empty-headed, you you bore me, you're an empty vessel. Still absolutely heartbreaking. And the stuff with Ryan. I am in the minority where I've always struggled with James Norton and Tommy Lee Royce. I understand exactly who he's supposed to be and that he's violent and evil, but I've never really bought into that character as much as the others because I found the others so compelling and he seems otherworldly to a degree. But I thought his performance in Ep 5, talking 
over the video game was really effective and then you sort of feel only a, a modicum of empathy or at least I did when he's sitting at that kitchen table in the final episode saying I hated you because you never even told me I had a boy and I, I'm glad that you were able to give him the life he's been given that's what the series has been about their hatred, their dislike of each other they're always orbiting each other even when he's in prison so they had to have this big final moment and that last 10-15 minutes was incredibly powerful and I did see uh, James Norton just really acting his socks off uh, I thought I it think was really powerful what I would say about episode 5 is you need that sort of calm before the storm moment you need that prelude that sort of stopgap between Tommy escaping from court and this final episode you know you need mm. those filling in the gaps moments and I think as you said in your review there's those conversations that go on it is very dialogue based I think the stuff maybe that didn't work for people was the the Knezoviches and and Darius in particular you know these characters who feel a bit more contrived a bit more you know that you've seen in other things before there's also that thing of we've heard about the Knezoviches and often when you see these people you've heard of, the image you've had is better than the image that you see on screen. It's like if we'd ever seen Sheridan, since Booth K's son, or Beverly Macker. That was a Royal weird Family. place. I know, to wasn't go. it? I was gonna start. I was gonna start with Beverly Macker, but I couldn't think of a name. Beverly Macker from the Royal Family. It's like the the image you you build up is often better than what you see, and so I felt they weren't very threatening although i wouldn't want to be weed on no. so there's that i mean he he very much felt like the guy who's met who's built himself up to like this respectable counselor guy it was sort of these bits that were necessary evils mm. you know people saying on twitter that he wasn't going to survive that it was all a big setup which it turned out to be but i didn't have any issues with episode five you know i found it gripping in a different way um, mm. But they had to get to point A to point B, so Absolutely. I think episode five was that bridge and maybe just didn't have those moments that the other episodes have, but they needed to sort of... And it did have all... They'd found the body of uh, Joanna and, you know, yeah. they, they did the whole thing with the with Rob and stuff like that. Dawn, do you understand what I mean about the pharmacist and PE teacher? That plot, which may have seen inconsequential the more we get into the Catherine and, Catherine and Ryan and... Claire and Tommy stuff but do you understand I think it played a bigger part in as much as it's another set of grandparents raising daughters who have been now exposed to violence how much of that will rub off on them did that enter your mind at all or am I making leaps yeah, there no, that... I, I had written down there's a grandmother because when he it's says a brilliant that line. I got chills mm. you know because I knew that's him saying look these kids are going to be fine just like Ryan is because and and I think it, it plays into as well showing us outside of the whole Tommy world what a, a good policewoman Catherine was because she solved that herself. She answered everything. The end of the episode you think, well hang on, okay, Rob's been arrested, but what about Faisal? And she in a little exchange with the the, the detective on that gives them all the answers. And, mm. and I think that it showed because she was such a good policewoman because she spoke to people and knew people and how she interacted with people. 
and mm. that I think that storyline really was important to show that as well as the Absolutely. parallel about the, the grandchildren and, and how they'll, mm. you know, what a difference grandparents will make. Very clever to actually not have him go to prison because of what happened to Joanna, but to go to prison because they found indecent images on his phone. It's all very, it's all like everything is so well thought out. And and the fact we don't get Faisal's arrest and all that stuff, that's something that other shows would have done and felt mm. the need to. But we don't need that part of the story. That is not important. No. You know, and it's it's like when um, Tommy escaped. All the little clues were there on his tiny little phone that said something about a news agent, and that showed, you know, all the setup. We didn't need all these scenes of the brothers or Darius or whoever setting up how he was going to get them out. And all. No, didn't no. need it. It's just, you know, that's not the important part, the logistics and how it's done, and lesser shows we focus on that stuff. And I think yeah. that's what makes Happy Valley so good. I just wanted to sort of say a few things about that storyline, thinking about it. And actually, I thought all the stuff with Rob and Joanna and the domestic abuse, I thought that was really well handled. The interview scenes with her parents in the last episode, you know, looking at how he had grooming behaviour. I thought that there was going to be a little bit more in the final episode with Ryan because they had that little scene where he sort of paused like there was something else that happened with Rob you know there was like a flashback he looked back and then he stopped talking like something else had happened obviously that was alluding to the fact that obviously there'd been another case where he bonded with another male student and blackmailed him into giving him images and there was a line from Joanna early in the series where she said you know he's he's really good with these young lads but then he's horrible to me so that all played in together. My thing, this is in retrospect, having watched it all, would it have been better without the whole thing with Faisal? That, to me, is the only sticking point. Could you have done it without him? Because I just think his element in it is very similar to what we've seen in the last two series, where you have these men lying and lying to try and get themselves out of a situation. It was only discovered, you know, his part in it by... Susan Lynch's probation officer also being one of Faisal's clients, which again felt like a sort of clunky reveal to me, you know, and that seemed to be the only real reason why Susan Lynch was there to do that bit. You know, they were having this blazing argument and she accidentally like hit her head or something and that's, you know, she died. You wouldn't have the body in the suitcase, but you could, I think you could have got there without the the Faisal thing, which seemed like the most heightened thing for me in the series. I, and I think what they did with the the parallel between what happened with Ryan and, and what happened with the two girls, you know, that's just where I am, just like in retrospect, looking back at the series, I think the Faisal thing for me, and I, I know when we talked about it with Michael, he felt very similarly that the, the whole scene where he tries to retrace his steps once he's killed her and how long that all took. I think that was the only bit for me that slightly didn't work. I also wanted to say about, you know, that scene with Tommy and how you almost felt sorry for him. I think the whole series has been very much a nature versus nurture debate that you've got. Mm, well, we yeah. saw where, where Tommy came from. We saw his mum in the first series. 
how he was raised and his sort of views and how that informed his relationships and everything like that and how Ryan could very well have turned out like that but he has been raised by Catherine and Claire and I know you went into this a bit in your review you can see a little bit of that like the almost like the jealousy in that that you know mm. that could have been me if I'd have sort of had a different upbringing you saw that in that performance as well so that's sort of some of the things I I would say I know there was an extra 10 minutes maybe there could have been an extra half an hour I'm sure I, I'm sure they would have given I th- it I feel hour. like could we just have a little bit more time slow down perhaps a little bit you know our favorite bits are the slower moments are the the bits with the photo conversation yeah. I, and I don't know you haven't mentioned the the scene by the grave where we actually saw I was just going to mention that yeah, ghost, I, so. I, I, I say in the review and I'm sorry to keep quoting it because hopefully you'll have read it by now but I do say I've read it. thank you Matt it's easy to forget in all the Tommy versus Catherine stuff and Catherine bringing up Ryan it's easy to forget that the story begins and ends with Becky if what hadn't have happened to Becky hadn't have happened then Happy Valley wouldn't exist and so it was nice to see Becky at the graveside. It was nice to see Catherine in civilian clothes that weren't a big coat and a scarf and going to the graveside. And that's where she got the news on her mobile that Tommy Lee Royce had passed. But it was nice and thematic that she was, mm. she was there when she received the news. There's a sort of look in her eyes like there might be a little bit closure. She can move on before the Jake Bug theme kicks in again. We put it at number four or five when we did the best of the decade list a couple of years back, and we hadn't seen obviously the third series, but I think it does stand as mm. one of the best BBC dramas, one of the best British dramas, and I would even go as far as to say one of the best uh, TV dramas of all time because it's just so packed. I say this a lot, and I apologise for doing the Luke Bingo, but it feels so quintessentially British. This drama, it feels rooted in its place in the Calder Valley. The dialogue is quintessentially British. The things that think people say you would only hear in a British drama and perhaps you would only hear in a Sally Wainwright drama, actually. But I think it's pretty much perfect and it really is quite an achievement. And um, I don't know why it wasn't a bit longer. They, I'm sure the BBC would have given it a bit longer. I applaud them for not sticking it all up on iPlayer because all three of us, for all our morals, we probably would have done it by now if it was there and the impact would have been far less and... And it shows that, that communal TV viewing still works. So well done, the BBC. But you're going to screw it all up with your next Sunday night drama. So well done to you there. I, I would uh, say, though, Luke, you did not get your closure because you did not find out what they spent that money on for no, retirement. that's very true. That's the spin-off. <laughs> and next up for Sarah Lancashire is more Julia. You know, yes. yay, we got more of her this year. So, yes. I was just going to say, if you are listening to this and you're thinking what an amazing actress Sarah Lancashire is and you haven't watched Julia please watch Julia obviously oh, it's a adorable. Show adorable show it's just so warm and wonderful and Sarah Lancashire is phenomenal in it and why yeah. she hasn't got a name for it I don't know okay that's the podcast that's all we need to do <laughs> I could, you know, that's all we need to do. There are three other shows. There are three other shows. Being then... will finish this off. Well, I've basically been gone Feels most like of you the need time. a cigarette or something. After I know, that. I do. Is it... <laughs> yeah, a cigarette and a brandy would do nicely, actually. The best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV podcast. It's too good to be true.
Uh, which order do we want to do them in? I'm guessing we... we're going to go to Dawn, the funny woman, for a funny woman on Sky Max. Okay. <laughs> what What was that noise? You sound like you had a little clapperboard. Oh, like, oh okay. All right, okay. <laughs> Dawn's a professional. She makes notes and everything. All my notes are in my noggin. That's my notebook. <laughs> it's mostly for writing down people's names because I, I always forget them. So, Funny Woman is a Sky series based on Nick Cornsby's book, Funny Girl. Um, obviously, they've changed the women, uh, you know, to be more uh, respectful. Set in 1964, Barbara is a contestant in a Blackpool Bell beauty contest. She wins with her father by her side and her, uh, he's not her fiancé. He is uh, her fiancé, actually. Is he? He, introdu- he introduces himself to yeah, the... Yeah, he is a fiancé and then he proposes oh, again to Dawn. him. Oh, yeah. If only he had a notebook to make note of these things. He does specifically say, Dawn, I know I've done this once before. Oh, in it's really that bit. <laughs> <laughs> she very quickly realises she doesn't actually want to be uh, Miss Blackpool Bell because she is funny and she wants to be known for more than her rack and how she looks in a swimsuit. So she walks off, and this is the setup that uh, she's decided she wants to pursue a career in show business, so she leaves her family and moves to London, where she gets a job in a large store akin to Harrods, I guess. She makes friends with uh, a girl, Marjorie, and moves in with her into a bed sit, which is, of course, terrible. And she's in one of the lower echelons of the shop, She's in hats, you know, and she wants to get up to the highbrow area of perfumes or, or beauty. So she manages to get her way into perfume for a day. They are told that the ladies who work on that department get gentlemen friends who take them to places and show them the highlights that she wants to get into, basically the theatre. So she does go with a chap, turns out very badly, as often in the 60s especially, you know, <clears throat> women were... Certain things are expected of beautiful young women, and she's not interested in that. But being at the theatre, she meets impresario Brian Debenham, played by Rupert Everett in a fat suit and latex, and his wife, played by Marwena Bax, who has adapted the uh, book for series and writes uh, some of the episodes. Just while I'm, we're on Rupert Grint in a fat suit, does anyone know what Jiminy Glick looks like, the Martin Short character? Yes, I do mm. indeed. Yeah, no, I, that's all I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> There's another celebrity yeah. lookalike in another show that, that I didn't. didn't get at all. No. And I wonder I'll, if Dawn I'll, will. I'll be looking forward to Dawn's take. I, I did write down the celebrity lookalike, so I will see if uh, possibly good. I did. Good. Was it, um, top, was it in Top Dog? It was in Top okay. Dog. Oh! Definitely. This is why we have Dawn on, because Matt would have fallen out with me about this. Yeah, we'll get to it. Keep it here, folks. So uh, this agent takes on Barbara, requires her to change her name to the more sophisticated Sophie Straw, and is interested in, in, in getting her a career. But, of course, it's the 60s, so it's very difficult. She's a huge fan of Lucille Ball, but everybody is not interested in a funny woman and especially a funny, beautiful woman. Do you know something? I can't remember when it happened at the end of episode one. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm pretty episode two started. It ends with the whole audition and then the final scene is her going to the, the Kit Kat Club or whatever it's called. Because she loses her job at the uh, department store and is forced to do what she says she'd never do and go and be an exotic dancer. But she had this audition for the Awkward Squad, which is kind of a type show, I guess, that she's a huge fan of and she does impressions of all the, the characters on it. It's a new comedy playhouse, isn't it, by the production team behind it? Yeah, they're doing supposedly a uh, domestic comedy about a, a, a posh man uh, who is one of the lead actors and his fiancée. And, you know, the old classic of The Boss Comes to Dinner. But, of course, when uh, she turns up, uh, Barbara slash Sophie turns up with her Blackpool accent and plays it completely differently, the producer, Dennis, takes a liking to her, not in a lascivious way, but because she is funny and he is interested. And they all decide to rewrite the part for her. Episode two is much more interesting than episode one. All this I've told you in episode one is the setup. There's a lot going on, but once it gets into episode two, then it's much more about her being a woman uh, in television and you know how that goes in the 1960s and the things she comes up against. If you're watching, do watch both episodes at once, and it would make, or if you can, because it's on uh, now can watch all episodes at once. So it's not on now, Doris. People, it's not on now. It's on Thursday. But yeah. <laughs> what I would say as well, because I read the book years ago, and I think it's like 2014, 2015, the book came out. As it goes on, they do focus more on the writers and Dennis and Clive, the other actor. Because you do get a scene, don't you, in episode two between the two writers and yeah. You, you get the impression that the older one is closeted but is in a is in a marriage. So there's a lot more with the, the other characters as it goes on that you only meet briefly at the end of that first episode. Does it just stay in 1964 or does it... No, it goes through years and years and I think that's, that's why they've why cast Gemma Austin, who is a lot older than the character, yeah. but is someone who is sort of youthful looking enough to portray her as she goes on. For me, the casting... Could you not have cast someone northern and blonde rather than mm-hmm. someone who's southern and brunette? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't step over my comments. Because I did say to you what Dawn has just I said did. to everybody that yes. to watch episode two, but I got the impression that you weren't taken with this. No, well, this stands and falls on whether you buy into Gemma Arterton's performance as Barbara. For whatever reason, I just didn't buy in. I, I don't think they spent enough time explaining why she liked comedy it was like it was the bell of the ball thing she won oh I, i'm better than this i need to go and do comedy and there's a little scene of her dad david throwful listening to the radio and 
there's a little scene in the factory where they're doing impressions, but they don't really spend a lot of time explaining her love I, for comedy. But I don't think initially she went to London to be in the entertainment business per se. It was more she felt she was bigger than Blackpool, yeah, her life better, at Blackpool, better than so Blackpool, she, went, yeah. she went to London. But I do agree that I think they struggled to do it on screen because in the book, obviously, you can have these characters in a monologues and yeah. you know you have to put it in somewhere so I do agree with you Luke in terms of the love of comedy they had to put it in different ways and it's just little bits yeah. of her watching, the Luc- Lucille, watching Ball. Lucille Ball when she goes to the laundrette but you can't have a character say I like TV I like no, comedy I like but, <laughs> but she didn't come across as somebody who's naturally funny and warm okay. I found it all yeah, a bit try hard I could sort of second guess what the gangs were going to be for me, it stands and falls on whether you buy into her, whether you like her, whether you want to spend time with her. You're on her side. And I, I really wasn't. I found the performance that she does, the audition that she does to her idols in that section in the audition room where she's not really meant to be there. She chances her arm. And I thought that whole audition, I had the same reaction as the people that were auditioning her in that it was awful and embarrassing and really what it should be I should be on her side willing for her to succeed I don't think she gives a warm enough performance somebody else may well have done but I just didn't buy into her as a person enough to want to carry on because I just thought I don't care whether she succeeds or not I felt quite cold about the whole thing I think it in a way there was a lot going on but in another way it moved a bit too fast for me and I would have liked slow down at no point did it relax or did I relax into it enough to go yes I want to follow this woman on her journey and I didn't think she was a particularly funny woman and so it sort of died for me the point is though Luke is that it's more about that ensemble than it is just about her so they have to get to that scene by the end of the first episode because it's more about the sitcom and how you're rooting for that group rather than just Barbara you're rooting through this group of people who are all outsiders so actually it's not a a one-woman show I know it's called funny woman but it's it's more about that ensemble it is about it's hard to be a woman in a man's industry and actually they do introduce a journalist character as well uh, in the second episode who is writing for this teen girl magazine but she trained as a serious journalist there's a lot of different aspects going on there i get where you're coming from and actually i suppose the the difficulty for you is you can't be objective having read the book if this was the first episode of something brand new to you you might feel the same but because you've got that background knowledge you can't Do you agree no, with Luke? I, I do in the sense of I think it's a really bad first episode. I assumed from what I watched in the first episode that it was going to be this is her entire life start to finish and it's her doing different jobs and I didn't realise uh, radio slash then TV show was going to be a big part of it until obviously episode two that I saw it was much more about that and was going to be about that. Episode one sets it up wrongly in that it does feel like it's going to be all about her and that's why I was saying you know episode two is much better it feels to me as if they should have maybe started later in her story she's already in London she already has an agent and she can tell those things in stories to other characters oh yeah I won a beauty contest or whatever and it would have given more of an accurate portrayal of what the rest of the season is going to be and, and how it's 
as you see, it, it is an ensemble. So what you're saying is it needed a Luke special. Basically. It did! Yeah! <laughs> Ooh, controversial. <laughs> On my own podcast when I'm actually here. Controversial. Ooh. Do you agree with that, though, Luke? I don't, know if, it need, I don't know if it needed a Luke special, but no, I think it, I think it could have started early, later on. Mm. And then gone back to her... Well, um... no, because I don't know what we gleaned from that oh, yeah. beginning part. Because it all happened so quickly. And also, my only other point i know dawn's not finished but i'm still reading from it needed a luke special uh my other point is everyone was so big and large that it just kept taking me out of the thing it, it mm-hmm. just felt too, i thought alexa no, no, davis was really good i know she's there. always good she should be a bigger star because she's fantastic in everything but all the characters were so larger than life that it just lost me i know why alexa davis is, is not a bigger star or i'm assuming uh it's for the same reason or talked about in Funny Woman is that she's not a stunningly beautiful, slim, young mm. woman. Because yeah. she is a young woman, the parts for young women are mostly sexy, attractive. Type. I'm not saying she is attractive to very beautiful young women, but not in the TV sense. I think that restricts the kind of parts she can play, which is horrifically unfair. And, and as it shows the things from, what, 60 years ago from the 60s? Uh, haven't moved on hugely they have in some areas but still if you are a young talented actress it really helps if you are five foot ten and a size eight so unless you're writing stuff for yourself i suppose yes Yes. did you find it funny dawn at any point did you laugh no No, i didn't but there's a bit of episode two which is like over the top slapstick when she throws fan at the the drag queen who runs the club which sort of goes like something from a from a Austin Powers or whatever. It's like, ah, you know, it's like chaotic. And I thought that was a bit weird and, and didn't fit with the tone of the rest of the... I think she is the least successful element of this, I would agree yes. with you saying. In the second episode, they do like a read-through of the first episode of the sitcom and they are doing it for like the head of tvc i think is the company and he's there just sitting stony-faced and i actually found that very funny because they're all going for the laughs and i would agree with what dawn's saying is that it's it's a really hard book to adapt into a show because you've got so much like heft of this is the character this is where she's come from this is all the stuff that happens to her prior to being this star of this sitcom and it goes over so many years and and there is that it is about what happens to her as she becomes a star but because you have to it's a necessary evil and i think that is why all the episodes are available to binge because they're wanting you to watch it like that but i know as we always say that first episode needs to hit and i understand why it didn't hit with you and that i think is why i said to watch the second episode because it becomes a completely different show Sometimes you have to go on and it's it's a weird thing with TV where it is episodic, but the show changes. And I suppose in episode one, if you don't get it from that uh, audition scene, which is these are the five characters that are going to be interacting for the rest of the show, then that's all you've got, really. So, Dawn, do you did second one. Does that mean you're yeah. now invested or you're still on the fence or where do you sit? Uh- I'm still on the fence and uh, funnily enough it connects to what we just said earlier is that um, it just makes me think of Julia and Julia is so much better 
you know, because there is a woman in Julia who is funny, naturally funny, quick, and the show is about her TV production and in the 60s and the, the, the things she faces. And it, it just makes me think I would want to watch Julia again. <laughs> I would be interested in, you know, the development of the sitcom. That is the most interesting part to me. And the ensemble, is, you know, the what's happening with Claude's character and, and Dennis, because uh, he's, he's Asian and we, we see some of the prejudice he faces in episode two. I went on purely because I, I think I did feel similar to you, Luke, a little bit, but I did go on just to see well, what do they do with these characters because they've just introduced them at the end. And actually, I think that second episode is a lot more successful and spells out to people what the series is going to be. From what you were saying, Dawn, as well, about the TV production, I think it's, it was great where they showed them on the set but then showed you it in black and white and how the audience would have seen it. The casting of Gemma Arterton feels a, a bit strange because she isn't like the character at all. You know, she's not who you would think of. Looking at this director, Oliver Parker, he has worked with her several times before and he's worked with Rupert Everett a lot. So I don't know if he's surrounded himself with people that he knows, perhaps. But I feel like she definitely is the weaker element of this. Mm. And I don't know who you who you could have got to to play the the lead, but it's a bit like Nolly that we were we were saying that Helena Bonham Carter doesn't feel right for the role, and that sort of impacted on us a little bit in terms of our enjoyment of it. It's all there on now and Sky Max every week, but it's on Sky box sets as well. Yeah, one of the things that I was intrigued by, but execution didn't thrill me. Uh, where do you want to go next? North Sea Connection, shall we do next? Before I let you, you know, eloquently go through the thing, is that one of the worst titles of shows we've ever covered on a podcast? Because I went looking for it on the preview site and I just could not think for the life of me what it was. And even though it was staring me in the face, I was like, no, that must be a documentary about something. North Sea Connection must be one of the worst titles of a show. What about Murder Boat? Murder Boat would have got me. <laughs> Yeah. Boaty McFish face. Boaty McBoat face. Boaty McMurder face is what it should have yeah. been called. <laughs> it should be called something fishy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes, Matt. This is why you get paid the big bucks. This was originally on uh, RTE um, in Ireland last year. That was my nice little Irish accent for you there, folks. Focuses on the Kenny family. They are a family that own a company fished off the west coast of Ireland for generations. We've got Kira, who is the main skipper. She's going back out onto sea. Kira is uh, one man down after one of her regular crewmen, Lenny, lets her down. He says he's poorly, but I think he's just a bit hungover. Kira's business-minded brother Aidan, who uh, we learn is also trying to adopt a baby with his wife, he suggests that he's got this sort of friend of a friend who can help her out on the boat. We then meet this guy James, who comes across quite sinister. He's very monosyllabic. He's introduced with some sinister music, which makes us think, oh, he's he's maybe not a fisherman at all. There's something fishy about him. Yeah, exactly. Turns out he's been put on the boat by a Nordic drug cartel um, to facilitate the collection of several bags of uh, methamphetamines. I got the impression that she'd been 
picking these bags up for some time but believed that they had contraband cigarettes in. Yeah. Yeah, so she'd been doing this for her brother for a while but hadn't realised that there was drugs in these bags until uh, James opens one of them. Penny drops and she realises that Aidan's been using the family business for his own dodgy dealings. Attempts to get one back on him by throwing uh, one of the bags back into the sea. This angers James. There's a very unintentionally comic sequence where he tries to threaten them with a knife, but then ends up tripping and falling on the knife and eventually dies after them banging his head on a toolbox as well. Back on Lankira confronts uh, Aiden, who tells her that he did these sort of dodgy dealings were a necessary evil. He's trying to sort out a new business, which will set up the family long term. However, with uh, both James and the bag of drugs going missing, they sort of pass it off as James has stolen the drugs and gone off. Uh, But it's not long before the vicious head of the cartel is on their case. And the family's lives are, are very much in danger by the end of the first episode when the big boss says, we'll kill them by the end of the series. Uh, <laughs> I'd love it if you said that. We'll kill them by the end of the series. Said, well, no, he basically spelled out, didn't he? He went, yeah. um, we'll let them do this and then yeah. we'll kill them. Which yeah, is yeah. very much the antithesis of show us, don't tell us. Yeah. And then when he was actually twirling his moustache at the time as well, which I thought also helped. Unusually for me, Mr. TV, apparently, I call myself, knew nothing about this, had no idea what it was until we got to the sequence you speak of on the boat, which was comical. But the the thing that stood out to me, this was as if somebody had written this who had never seen TV since the year 1999. Everything Very in this... specifically. Yeah, because I was thinking The Sopranos started in 99. I don't think they saw that. But just, it was so generic, so bland. I couldn't remember any of the characters' names. The threatening people weren't particularly threatening. It was also a bit like cut and shut, where whether this, this quaint family life was in there and the stuff about them trying to adopt a baby. There was absolutely no tension, no... no end. It was just as if somebody had written this going, I've not seen TV since, you know since Brookside started, but I'm going to try this because I think this is what people are into now, drug smuggling and all the rest of it. It was bizarre. It was like Bally Kiss Angel, but with a drug aspect to it. I just, I don't imagine anyone would watch this anyway because the titles are dreadful. And I don't imagine anyone would get past that first episode because it is so clunky. It's full of some of the worst dialogue, some of the worst performances I've seen in a long time. And I did a thread on Twitter about things people had never seen and when you think of all the things people haven't seen they could get to instead of watching this, it, I just thought, who is this for? Why BBC4 bought this? There was nothing redeeming about it at all. It was like three different shows at once and none of them were compelling. Are there people who will watch whatever is in that 9pm, you know, the slot that's gone back well, to when they used to yeah. show The Killing or The Bridge? They've put on a lot of different things on there over the years. Mm. I know we had a, a RT drama last year, Hidden Assets, which was a oh, um, Irish slash Belgian uh, <laughs> partnership, as, I think. As you'd expect. So I don't know if it's like they've got a deal now with RT where they buy in maybe one drama a year or something like that. I'm not sure. It was also Viaplay, which is a Danish streaming service, so I don't quite mm. know how they... Because they also had that Channel 4 stairs drama. Close to I, me? Close to me, yeah. That was also a Viaplay exclusive. Was that the so, one? Because there was, like, 
yeah, it was close to me rather than too close, wasn't it? Or, there was a lot stay of close, close things. Stay close was also <laughs> that same year. Um, I mean, you might be right that people will just go, oh, it's, a, it's a drama with Irish actors, we don't see them very often. But it's like, no, no names, not that that's important to me, I can get on board if I care about well, the character. Um, is it Sinead Cusack? Yeah. True, but she was in a different show. She was in like an 8pm ITV drama and the rest were in like this supposedly gritty Narcos Ozark type show that didn't quite fit. Go on, tell me you watched only the one of these. I only watched one. Okay, thank you. I just don't because... like to think of you wasting your time. Thank you. There was no reason to watch episode two. This should be done under the Trades Descriptions Act for being a thriller because it's not thrilling in the slightest. Because you go, okay, they're going to do the second drop off. They're going to, and they're planning to kill them. Okay. There was no. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. David's Bridal, where brides and bridesmaids get fabulously dressed. We let our friends pick out what we wear, show off our dance moves, obsess over every little detail, hold your hand through it all, smile bravely when it's time to let go. Make your dreams come true. The things we do for love. Only at David's Bridal. Oh, what's going to happen next? Oh, you know, who's this? Who's that? Absolutely nothing of interest to make you want to watch anymore. It was just, oh, they're caught up in this now. Okay, then. This is the first time when I've watched something where I really thought, oh, that performance is so bad. The lead actress, I just thought... Mm. There was a scene where she was confronting her brother, and the acting of the brother I thought was absolutely fine, but her acting took me yeah. out of it. I just thought yeah. her eyes were not expressing what her mouth was, and <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's going to go on a tea towel. <laughs> I just did not believe it at all. I didn't believe her at all. The no. way they just went, "Oh, he's died on the boat. Oh well, we'll have to get rid of the body." Instantly, she thought that, and you thought, "What? Why?" Why can't you just, you know? Yeah, you you should have stuck with. Was his name Shane? The other guy. He's like, let's just yeah. tell the police. Yeah. Yes. Because these not... accidents happen on boats. Yeah. yeah. There was no rhyme nor reason to anything that happened in terms of character motivation. I didn't understand the connections at all. And our brother. Oh yeah, I've been doing this because we want money to set up a business. Why would you want money to run up getting into dodgy and getting? Well, he'd Stop. done some sort of deal, hadn't he, where they agreed, because yeah. I, I think the North Sea connection is there that it they've is. got that, um, <laughs> yes. that bridge between where these drugs are going and where they've got to get to. They've got that link, as the, the big baddie says at the end. You know, there's a lot of links in this chain, and if one breaks down, so that's why they're involved, and they saw, you know, this is the guy that's got this shipping haulage i'm not sure he's he's got this family business who can facilitate this to us so if we give him all this money he can do these couple of jobs for us uh, nothing that held my interest at all even even the possibility that there was a ship 
between her and her deck hand that her mum hinted at. <laughs> they were on a ship. What do you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plenty of shipping going on in this, but it was all pants. <laughs> yeah. The only characters I liked were Bjorn, the stepdad, who yeah. seemed quite a nice bloke who tried to sing something Swedish or Danish at one point. The other guy who didn't make it onto the boat, Lenny, he seemed Lenny. to have... Well, uh, he got quite a big introduction for a character you then didn't see. <laughs> there were like silly little comedic moments that took. It was just where they come from. Are you like are with you Lenny? This, yeah, are you this gritty drama or are you this eight pm family warm? Very few skilled writers can do both because Happy Valley is warm and engaging and also very dark. But this was... I, I don't think I've seen anything quite this bad in a long time. You missed all the Channel 5 drops. Yeah. Let, let the holiday go. The we missed one. We missed the catch, which was Channel 5's fishing drama. Oh. <laughs> I mean, North Sea Connection. North Sea Connection. Catch. That is the worst title. I mean, it doesn't even sound like a drama, does it? Sounds it's like that... an indie band from the mid-2000s. Yeah. We'd see North Sea Connection being the support app for the Libertines. And perhaps <laughs> being better than the Libertines and being a, quite a surprise to you. And then you go out and buy their first album and it's a bit disappointing, but you're glad you supported them because they're still out <laughs> coming. Luke, who, who's, who, who, who's this based on now? <laughs> <laughs> the race yeah, could have been called North Sea Connection. It's yeah. such a non title yeah i, I suppose so is the rig though to be fair i suppose we've had, i mean i've not been on the podcast but you've had a lot of nautical dramas so far this year i hadn't really thought about that matt anything to add because you said you like lenny but that was about it it sort of passed the time fine i didn't really so have that a colonoscopy yeah yeah want one. <laughs> that went quite dark quite quickly as does a colonoscopy but <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's my Norse connection uh, but I suppose my review is it was there I think that I got was... that on, on one of my school reports <laughs> Luke was there <laughs> but, yeah I mean you, you're right I mean I I felt that as soon as they got on the boat it was just like what's going on and yeah, I really just watched it and had no memory of it afterwards so, it, yeah, was a, no. it was a relic. It was. It was like. It a... feels like something they've bought in a package of other things that they've just got to get through showing. It's six yeah. episodes, two a night, three weeks of BBC Four schedule, and then they can put yeah. something better on. North Sea Connection. I'd recommend the band, not the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find on. Uh, I assume all of it's going up on BBC iPlayer because this had binge written all over it. You can find on BBC Four. Or Bilge, maybe, is the word you're looking for. Clever little (laughs) wordplay there from Matt. Right, this is it. We've reached the final show. It is a Danish show from Walter Presents. It had me interested because it's from the producers of The Bridge, and I'm never really sure what that means. I know. Did you do any research into it, Luke, or did you just... (laughs) It will surprise you to know. I don't like that snarky tone. It will surprise you to know. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) so top dog is a legal slash crime thriller it focuses on emily who is a lawyer up and coming in a big firm she's eyeing promotion up to the top but keeps getting knocked back by the sort of prep school men higher up her that sort of look down upon her but when one of their wealthy clients or the son of one of their wealthy clients goes missing, he sort of robbed his big expensive watch is taken from him and we don't know where he is. She's put on 
the team to investigate what's happened to him. She goes round to his old haunts and his old flats and tries to work out where he is and who might have him. At the same time, Teddy, he comes out of prison after spending years away. We're not entirely sure why, but he is welcomed back into his family. He's got a sister and a nephew who's grown up without him, but has been taken under the wing of this organisation that Teddy was put in prison for being a part of. His father's had a stroke and was possibly the leader of everything and is now confined to a wheelchair, not recognising anyone. And it transpires that Teddy and Emily will work together. Both of their lives intercept. Uh, Emily goes to the flat to find out what she can about this disappearance Teddy is told to go there as well by one of his people. He sort of intercepts a big fight. They're going to strangle Emily to death. He stops that. And I think going forward, it is about those two unlikely people coming together and finding out more about the disappearance of this man. And also Teddy trying to turn his back on his underworld criminal background and helping Emily to succeed. And I think a, a bond, an unlikely bond will form between the two. Dawn, have you ever dipped your toe in the brilliance occasionally of Danish telly? I have not. Scandi's oh, Dawn. Like, you would love not... the killing. You would absolutely oh, love really? it. Sarah Lund in a stripy jump. You're basically dressed as Sarah Lund today, based <laughs> on what I see on the webcam. To be fair, the genre as a whole is not really my cup of tea. It's not something I'm naturally drawn to. You know, I'm oh, drawn to, I loved Happy Valley because it was so humanistic and warm. Thriller type, you know, that kind of stuff on its own is not something I would naturally watch. So when I saw the Walter Presents bit for this, I was like, hello, there's a ship on this. That's something I Yeah, can... <laughs> and nobody's murdered on it. <laughs> Uh, he wasn't murdered, he accidentally died. <laughs> you know, like you do, fall on your own knife. So yeah, I ended up watching three episodes. Of no! No, I know, not because I was enjoying it. But, because but for I the did, ship. Yeah, I wanted to see them interacting more. Even by episode three, they're not uh, interacting a huge amount. I had assumed from the description that pretty much by the end of episode one, there, hey, let's work together, solve this, and it's not that at all. She basically employs Teddy to sort of help her, but he's only doing it to get his boss off his back. He wants to know what Emily finds out, so that's the only reason. I thought that would be the meat of it, and that would be the interesting part for me, because I'm not really interested in a complex kidnapping story and money stuff, which I didn't understand, because she is Emily, the corporate lawyer. And so it's about businesses. And Philip, the, the guy who's kidnapped, has set up this other company called Pat with three of his childhood friends. And that seems to be sort of the key to it. But to be honest, I didn't follow that side of it very clearly at all. And I don't know if it's just because it's subtitles. And so occasionally, you know, you're not looking at it, not paying full enough attention. But it's such a complicated setup. And obviously there's things like, Emily gets a lot of Philip's paperwork sent to her and, you know, she opens it all on the computer and the subtitles don't translate everything. So stuff <laughs> that you might grasp if you were, you know, if you spoke the language, you'd go, oh, that's that deal. It's not as easy to follow what's going on. Although they did translate that the balloons in the background spelled out welcome home at his welcome home party, which I don't think we needed. <laughs> no. Danish for dummies. <laughs> 
wanted to see what the chemistry was like between them because um, I, I looked it up that it's the first of a trilogy of novels called yeah. the Emily and Teddy Stories or something. That's a terrible title. That's worse than Novelty Connection. <laughs> the Emily and Teddy <laughs> Stories. I think it's called the Emily and Teddy. Sounds like t- a children's book. <laughs> Emily and Teddy go underground. I-, I wanted it to be about them because I did find Teddy quite interesting, especially as it goes on and we find out more. And from what I read about the trilogy, we find out a lot more about Emily's backstory and it's very interesting. But it just is taking way too long to get there. That feels like how the entire show <laughs> Could be summed up. Everything is just taking too long to be interesting. Do your celebrity lookalike, please. I'll let Dawn say. Dawn, what was yours? That Magnus looks like O.J. Simpson. Thank you. I said this to Matt on a message. He was like, I did not get that at all. He's basically the spitting image of O.J. Yes! Simpson. I was suspicious of him from the get-go. <laughs> I literally I said... said to my husband, "There's a guy that is the spitting image of O.J. Simpson," and I thought. I was being weird and, and thinking no. that. No, that's all Your I thought. really racist, is what I'm saying. No, he is literally this. If you <laughs> watch them side by, if one, if they both I had a golf club, <laughs> if they both had a golf club or a murder weapon, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart. Honestly, I mean, it's amazing. I think you said it, Dawn, on a podcast not that long ago, or maybe in a private conversation. I record both, so I don't really know the difference. That you struggle or you have no interest in sort of criminal gangs or underworld gangs yeah. or anything like that. And I am completely on the same page with you on that. I That side of it really bores me. I don't really understand them. I don't understand the dynamics between them. I, so all that did ruin it for me. You know, Teddy I could empathise with just coming out of prison, not knowing where he fits now in society or within his own family that was all well done emily this sort of young lawyer wanting to be better appreciated at work good it did that danish thing that danish dramas do where they just throw you in they don't explain how people are connected and you have to work it out with the show i always appreciate that but the longer it went on i was like oh this isn't what i wanted it to be this isn't that intriguing or that interesting it did that thing that a lot of these dramas do not Danish dramas but a lot of these thrillers where we don't spend an awful lot of time with the person that gets kidnapped so a lot of the time their distress is sort of lost on us because we don't have the empathy towards them we just see this awful thing happen to them and we don't really have a response to it because we don't know who they are this just felt quite generic the more it went on I thought the character stuff was well done and individually I thought they were interesting but I just don't understand all the underworldness. I, it was never really spoken about in this episode what he went to prison for, why. Yeah, I, I just think there are better versions of this show out there that I'd rather watch. I mean, I think it peaked in the first sequence where they got him to go on the ice and then they used mm, like... That was great, the, really like, gripping. That opening scene, well, it wasn't gripping, Luke, because I think he fell in. Apart from Comedy that... Comedy is I, wasted here. I know. It was hard to connect with her because she was, you know, it was very woman in a man's world. You're trying too hard to fit in. You're doing too much. You'll never make partner. His story seemed to be that he'd almost taken the fall for someone else. And his family were very much being looked after by the criminal element that he'd left behind because of 
who he was that they sort of got these these benefits and things and he didn't want that to happen anymore he wanted to be a new man and he's being dragged back into it so presumably through his relationship with Emily it's going to change both of their lives perhaps but I'm not really along for the ride I'm afraid can we just applaud every one of these shows even the ones we didn't because that might be the first time in a long time no Luke specials in four shows yes Although apparently we needed at least one. If not two, because I think you were advocating for why can't we have them together and then flashback to see. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe Top Dog could have done with it. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, always disappointed because in general I think the Danes do fantastic TV. And I was really interested and invested in that sequence that you spoke of where the guy is forced to go out on the ice and then presumably... I don't know if we're supposed to think he's been held captive or he did fall through the ice and that was the end of him. But either way, that was the peak, as you say. And I think they do do these sequences really well. I just looked it up and the killing of the bridge aren't streaming anywhere, but I'd love Dawn to try them because there's no ships in any of them. But I would say the relationship between Saga and Martin in those first series of the bridge are like a ship. But maybe I'm just... I think they ship Sarah London, one of her part, the the second guy, who's also married to Brigitte in Borgen. Although a ship for me is an easy way into a show, I don't need one. Because obviously I love Happy Valley and The Last of Us. A relationship full stop, I think, is what I need. Is I need some human connection, that's what I need. Yeah, well, I I think you and I are very similar in that. I always look for that human element and... That's why something like The Last of Us is surprising because on paper, video game about zombies, that does not come screaming out of that page. But I think the third episode in particular was so beautifully done and I think Craig Mazin from working on Chernobyl knows how to write those relationships within dire situations. So, you know, I'm really surprised. And then we got Melanie Linsky in this next one. So, yay. Yes. (laughs) I still have to see Yellow Jackets. That's oh my God, you would absolutely adore Yellow Jackets. I feel like we could do a podcast where I just introduce Dawn to all these things I assume she'll love. That's your dream podcast, just that telling really. people just what tell to watch. People. That is what you want to do. Is and, just... then, and then if they don't like it, say, well, you're clearly wrong and try this one then. <laughs> yeah, That's Luke's, what I want to do. Basically, Luke's opinions about TV are the... The right ones is basically what Yellow you Jacket. I think you would absolutely adore that, though, for all the 90s flashbacks and stuff. But now it's on Paramount Plus, another great show hidden away on a little-known, little-used platform again, which uh, is a shame. Thank you for listening. God knows it's long enough. You can read all our thoughts and opinions on the website now, thecustardtv.com. You can listen to Dawn and picture her in her pyjamas with the latest episode of uh, sh- unless it's on YouTube as well, is it that one? Yes. Is there any? It, we didn't re- record visuals for that reason. Okay, okay, <laughs> for that reason. So that's there as well. Matt's on Twitter at Matt's TV Bites. Dawn is where? At Dawn Blaine 2 on Twitter and uh, Shipyard USB. Do you want to tease next week, Matt? Yeah, we'll be talking about the gold next week and we'll be talking about better. So there are two big new BBC dramas to fill that Happy Valley gap for you. I feel they may have peaked early this year, the BBC. How do you follow something like Happy Valley? I don't know. We'll be back next time. Well, Dawn and Matt will be. I'm off till the beginning of August. 
See you then. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realize that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. 